Appreciation time is here again. Oh, yes. And I am the appreciator. Back, uh, we're, we're doing, th- th- this is just like every other show I do, except for the central, and even that is sort of sporadic. Um, we do this as the mood strikes. Uh, at least, that seems to work best. Uh, under pressure, it's a different kind of show, and I think it really reflects that I'm not having anywhere near as much fun when I'm pushing it. And uh, since we last spoke, um, well, we had an Overnightscape Central, which was epic, um, a little strange, happy times, and uh, the appreciator at that particular moment wasn't exactly having, I, I don't know, I have the, this heat, I blame it, that there's a lot of things I can blame it on. Uh, Eddie's back, by the way, with uh, his program, The Wool Gathering, and it very, very enjoyable. I mean, uh, his talk about his investments, which, uh, like I say, I talk about things that are personal to me. That, That's over my head. I never got involved. To, to me, it's almost the same as going to Vegas. And I'm no, it's much more informed. And there are people who know what they're doing and they support themselves with that. To me, that's just such an abstract. But um, this whole that he, the reason he was hiding, which I guess he can't completely disclose because it just starts the whole process over. Uh, when you feel that there are people somewhere in power turned against you, yeah, I understand that. Um, but he's gathering the wool, and uh, he talked about on his return episode his bouts with his Asperger's. And I will tell you this. Yeah, Eddie, Robin, when you have some people in your corner supporting you, making light of it, keeping it going, uh, keeping you going through the processes. Uh, The older I get, the more this seems to affect me, especially socially. Um, And yeah, if I had some sort of uh, significant other, for lack of a better term, who kind of understood and helped me pull it back, it, it just snowballs sometimes into this, like, epic inability to feel like you can function like a regular person. Um, it, it's really a strange syndrome. And, yeah, there's still really nothing they can do besides teach you therapies. And, yeah, you have to—it's best for me that I keep my life in these um, systems and patterns and schedules— And then, of course, when life comes along and messes that up, the whole thing at least very much threatens to derail. It doesn't always, but let's do it. Pee Wee Herman died. That's also what happened since we spoke last. And I I remember, well, the first time I saw Pee Wee Herman was in one of the Cheech and Chong movies. He played like the hamburger guy. I would like some hamburger. And he hadn't yet developed the Pee Wee Herman character. The first places that that character, there was an HBO special, I believe, and he started appearing on the old, when he was funny and lighthearted and goofy, David Letterman show. And it, it would be a treat. Every so often, 
Pee Wee Herman would show up with this big bag of toys like this giant overgrown child and show Dave, who was being very like, oh, yeah, really? Uh, but getting into the fun of it all, and Pee Wee would find the best toys. Um, then he had that kids show on Saturday morning, which the first couple seasons was must-see TV. Pee-wee's Playhouse uh, took all the elements of the old-style kiddie show, which is now pretty much a dead-in-the-water concept. I don't even know if young people would know what that is. I mean, puppets and little features that are stupid, but they repeat. And repetition, especially when you're a kid or you're remembering being a kid, is it's just fun and goofy. And that was the whole thing, Pee-wee doing goofy stuff, his goofy characters, Cherry the Chair, Globy the Globe, um, and the cool design. Uh, a The graphic artist whose time has come and gone, Gary Panter, uh, did a lot of the design for that show, and it had that rough, almost drawn-by-a-kid look that Panter perfected. And uh, it, now let's digress. The first time I saw Gary Panter's artwork was the cover of such Zappa albums as Sleep Dirt. That one era up there was that lather triple album set that was rejected, so he sent it back as three separate albums, and that's how it got released. Got Gregory Peckery. Now, that was on the first one of that trilogy, and boy, my memory completely fails me as to that. But uh, Pee-wee, of course, there was that controversy, which is now becoming forgotten. But I guess he was visiting his parents in Florida, and this was before the days of the Internet, and he got caught in a porn film uh, to doing stuff that people used to do in a trench coat in a porn movie, in a movie house. I don't think young people even know what that's like, going to making a public spectacle of yourself going in to an adult film in a movie theater. I think that's a thing of the past, just like, you know, pay phones, God. All these things of the past that the appreciator remembers so vividly. Um, and after that, well, and of course, I haven't mentioned his feature films. I mean, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was just in its day, such an epic classic. Everybody went to see it. I mean, everybody loved Pee-wee. He lost his bicycle, and he had to find it back. And this made for some of the great entertainium of its time. And there were gum cards. Pee-wee was big stuff. And now, of course, all of that merchandise, everybody's shoveling it up. This would be the last burst I think very much like a lot of comedians. Number one, comedy. Did we? we well, let's. Speaking of comedy, let's have a little Bob and Ray to loosen us up a little bit. Now, instead of a traffic report and stock market thing and all that, we bring another episode of One Fellow's Family. Today's episode, entitled Garage Trouble, or rather Garage Trouble, is taken from Book V, Chapter I.I., page 235. As we look in 
On the family now, we find that mother... Well, Fanny, I finally got the rose bushes trimmed. Well... Just in time, too. It looks like snow. Hmm. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't have one rose this summer, didn't we? Well, that's what comes of trimming them too close, like I did last year. Well, what? why don't you let them be? Yeah. They're so small now, you've pruned them almost even with the earth. I thought I might call up the rose hybridizer to find out just whether I'm doing it right or wrong, Fanny. I forget what kind of roses those are out there. Well, they're some kind of... But didn't we have the Reza Stevens rose there one year? Well, all I can remember is the Bob Perkins rose. That was a beauty. I wonder if we'll get any message from Jack today. I don't know. But didn't we have a wonderful holiday, though? Yes, it was a very delightful. The more I think of it, and the weekend of following was so exciting. All of the children were here, Hanky and Panky, Stinky and Blinky, and Slinky. And Slinky, the twins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to have the whole family <coughs> the whole family together yeah. for Thanksgiving. Well, it certainly will be quiet this week. You got a cold coming no, up. Smoke of some kind, Fanny. Are you smoking, Fanny? I haven't smoked for a long time. <laughs> well, well, well this will be a quiet weekend compared to last. It should be, Fanny, yes. Yeah. I'm going to put my rose trimmers. Away. Well, uh, all right. Well, I'll Where's just. Where's the door uh, to, the, to the cellar, Fanny? It's right over there by the back yeah. entryway. I think maybe I'll go out and check the garage for trouble. I think. This is. Where is all this smoke coming from? It's coming from the garage, Fanny. Somebody left the radio on with all that fool noise. I'll go turn off the radio. Yeah, yeah. And you go see if there's any garage trouble. You've been listening to One Fellow's Family. (coughs) Brought to you instead of a traffic report and a stock market roundup. (coughs) Stuff like that. Studio full of sport. (coughs) Today's episode entitled At the Seashore, or rather, Garage Trouble. Which was the episode? Garage Trouble, announcer. Garage Trouble. (coughs) Taken from one of the books that T. Wilson Messy has. I can't read my notes. It's too smoky in here. It's a messy production. (coughs) Yeah, they, they just had this way. Of the, with the roses, it's, if you the thing about the Bob and Ray that I'm trying to slowly bring in is this repeated theme thing that they did with the old man and trimming his roses and and disaster always striking somewhere along the line. This was like all of the little mini series within a series of Bob and Ray. Uh, I delight to follow as time went on without actually becoming an urgent thing to follow. And I have a question to pose for you. Which is worse, Facebook pages of people who have passed on that let you know it's their birthday year after year after, and it's like 10 years that this person has gone on to whatever reward or punishment or whatever happens after we... uh, stop being able to post on Facebook um, or what Google is doing. If your account is in it, well, Google's different. It's not a social media, but uh, your legacy, all of your emails just get dumped into some cause. Well, don't we all wind up in the cosmic dumper regardless of anything? It's just almost insane 
that we are all trying. And really, even the overnight scape underground, we are, in a way, striving for some sort of being remembered. I guess that's what we all want, really. If there is a, an afterlife or there isn't an afterlife, we kind of want people to remember us. And yeah, you, you, when you get that notice on Facebook, you go to the page and you see whatever the people are remembering or saying. And that they're almost, for that split second, still topical, still meaningful. I mean, Pee Wee Herman, how many years before Pee Wee Herman becomes like Bob and Ray and all of these other obscurities that I bring up here? These things that were so ubiquitous and everywhere. Yeah, and if your Google account is inactive for two years now, it gets eradicated. And, and that, that, that might be a good thing. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, the other day I was thinking of uh, Dick Tracy. How many people who are listening to me have anything but this vague notion that of this detective, maybe that Warren Beatty film, which is a whole story in itself that maybe I'll digress back to. But Dick Tracy was really popular in the 30s, 40s, and probably into the 50s. And the strip ran well into the 2000s under different hands. It was created in the 30s by Chester Gould and uh, a short for uh, a detective, a police detective, they called them Dicks. So hence, Dick Tracy. And it was a rough, I mean, there were really rough crime stories in the Dick Tracy series, especially early on. There was one episode where he had been captured by one of his adversary like Mumbles, oh, his rogues gallery, but we'll talk about that in a minute. He was captured and these gangsters were holding him and they were actually taking a blowtorch to his feet. I mean, you don't have that in the funnies anymore. And people, there were movies, uh, there were movie serials back in the day of Dick Tracy, which of course were chopped down into movies, but I think they're all public domain now. You can watch Dick Tracy serials on YouTube and archive.org and other bastions of public domain material to your heart's content. And they're very over cliche and they could never capture. Dick Tracy had a rogues gallery of some of the strangest. I mean, it led to what Batman had as a rogues gallery eventually. I think uh, whoever was creating Batman, Bob Kane, Bill Finger, or any number of other people who actually did the work. Um, there was Mumbles, who was a character who mumbled. There was a croon face who had a face that was all wrinkled up. Uh, Flat Top, which who was probably uh, the best remembered when I was a kid. And it was a guy who had like the top of his head was flat. Um, then there was this sinister midget and his huge... Uh, girlfriend, Mal, uh, and his, Dick Tracy's wife and his kid, well, adopted kid, Junior, were constantly being threatened. Uh, really hardcore crime stories and just 
I guess the rogues gallery softened it up a little by making the criminals a little comical as some sort of uh, hook, so to speak. Uh, it was a great concept in comics that, well, now I don't think we have very many serialized stories in the funnies like we used to. I mean, even when I was a kid, you still had things like The Phantom. I remember the tail end of following Little Orphan Annie. Um, all of these strips, I don't, do, do they still exist in the United States or anywhere? Or are these also relegated to uh, the Appreciator's Hall of uh, obscure curios that he digs out of his memory and brings to you? Um, and one day, uh, well, if, if nothing else, this is a stepping off point for research into that obscure 20th century pop culture. Um, and like stuff, well, I, I, I know I'm, I'm overdoing it, but I think we need a little Vic and Sade. Uh, I think that's really a staple of what I do here. So uh, without me making excuses for it, because I know you love it. Let's listen to some. Get ready to smile again with radio's home folks, Vic and Sade. Oh, hello, Nancy. What's your rush? Oh, hello, Mrs. Smith. What do you think? I just passed my Girl Scout cooking tent. That's grand. I baked a cake in Miss Green. She's our scout leader. She said it tasted wonderful. Oh, what kind did you make? Orange layer. There was orange in the cake, and then I put orange in the frosting, too. It was so good. Oh, stop, Nancy. You're making me hungry. I wish I had some for you. It was so light. Mother said that new kind of shortening would make my cake especially light. Oh, what new kind of shortening, Nancy? The new Sure Mix Crisco. Mother heard about it on the radio. They said it was a different kind of shortening and that no other shortening at the store was made just like this new Crisco. That's why it gives lighter cakes. But, Nancy, how can a shortening make any difference in the lightness of a cake? It's the way it works. You see, this new Crisco is an active blender. Active blender? What does that mean? It means that, well, when you take a tablespoon of water and a tablespoon of Crisco and mix them together, Crisco takes the water right up. Why, Nancy, fat and water don't mix. You learned that in school. I know, but Crisco and water mix because Mother and I tried it. And the Crisco did take the water right up. That's active blending. And Crisco does the same thing with your milk and eggs and flour when you're mixing a cake. Why, I got the smoothest cake batter you ever saw when I made my orange cake. And Mother says that's why it turned out so light. If you want lighter cakes, it's simply up to you. Crisco is waiting to give them to you. Make one of your favorite cakes. Use the same recipe. Use the same ingredients. Change nothing but your shortening. This time, use new Sure Mix Crisco. You have our promise. No other shortening we know of will give you cakes as light. Crisco gives you lighter cakes than any other shortening. 
Well, sir, it's late afternoon as we enter this small house halfway up on the next block now. And here in the kitchen, we find Mr. Victor Gook and his wife's amiable Uncle Fletcher Rush, late of Dixon, Illinois. Uncle Fletcher is holding forth at the moment, and we hear him say, This fellow, Ike Dummers, invented a fish stretcher. Idea was, you go fishing and then bring your catch around to Ike's place, and he'd stretch your fish for you on this contraption of his, and they'd look bigger when you showed them off to your friends. Ike figured he'd make in the neighborhood of $40,000 on that invention. By George, he never realized a dime. Trouble was, people hey, refused... Hey, Huh? Somebody's coming in the front door. You nervous, Vic? No. Uh, you say? Act jumpy as a cat. Hi. Uh, it's only Rush. Rush, huh? Yeah. Fine. Hi, Rush. Oh, Uncle Fletcher. No, this Ike Gummer's never realized a dime on his fish stretcher. Bought a horse and buggy on tick on the strength of it, got married on the strength of it, and sent his brother to barber college on the strength of it, and never realized a dime. Is that it? Uh, where's your mother? A downtown Chapman, I guess. Maybe she mentioned a wash rag sale at Yamilton's this noon. How are you, Uncle Fletcher? Yes, sir. <laughs> You're a good boy, Rush. Thanks. I've been down to YMCA ever since school let out. Fat men playing handball? No, there's a celebration on. This week is the 120th anniversary of the birth of Sir George Williams, the founder of the YMCA. Oh? Me and most of my friends spend so much time at the YMCA, we feel like we got a right to take part in the celebration. What's this, Rush? They're talking about the YMCA. Oh! It was started by Sir George Williams 120 years ago this week. Why? Horse blanket, old heat of plate. Yeah. Step to the pantry and bring out the two articles you'll see on the bottom shelf at one. Apple? No. Hop along. And when you return, I'd like to engage you in conversation. Huh. Speaking of Art Gummers and his fish stretcher invention, likely you remember Art's brother. No, can't say I do. Sycamore fella? No. Married into the Gidra family? No. Lime class, huh? Uh, bring him here. Two of them. Yeah, bring him here. That was a funny thing. New alarm clocks, huh, Doc? Yeah. Where'd they come from? I bought them. Arch's brother's name was Raleigh, I believe. How'd you happen to buy two new alarm clocks? Use alarm clocks presents for somebody, Doc? Uh, no. Uh, sit down. <laughs> okay. Art and Raleigh Gummer also had a sister. That's so? Your chair comfortable, Rush? Oh. That's good. <laughs> hey, what's the idea? You don't mind having a pleasant little chat with your father, do you? No. Just relax and take it easy. All right, Raleigh Gummer's sister's name was Florence. Uh, excuse me, Uncle Fletcher. I got a little something I want to say to Stoke Poker here before his mother gets home. Fine. Have I done something, Gov? You've done nothing reprehensible, I assure you. On the contrary, your recent conduct has been most laudable. Keep up the good work. Uh-huh. Your chair is comfortable? My chair is fine. <laughs> hey, what's the idea? No idea in particular. Uh, I uh, fixed for spending money. Spending money? Do you have sufficient cash for your current need? Fly on the ceiling by George. I got 11 cents. That is a modest sum. Yeah. A very modest sum. Yeah. Fly on the ceiling, Vic. Probably you could find good use for additional money. <laughs> hey, get to the point. What point? Do you object to this little quiet conversation? Relax. Sit back. Take it easy. You're sure that chair is comfortable? Oh, shucks. That? Yes, Uncle Fetchy. Half would fly on the ceiling. Oh, uh-huh. He'll perish with winter so near. 
J.H. Masters there in Union Grove, Illinois, swatted so many flies one hey, afternoon. Excuse me, Uncle Fletcher, but I got a thing or two to say to Annabelle here. Fine. Yes, Rush, I understand you've been a real good boy lately. I imagine so. Good. Good. Oh, by the by, I did a little shopping a while ago. Bought these alarm clocks? Yes. They look like nice ones. Especially nice ones. Far superior to the ones we had before. Before? Yes. We still got them, haven't we? I feared not. Sure we still got them. One of them's up in my room. No, Rush. They've vanished. Vanished? Vanished. Both of them? Both of them. Where'd they vanish to? They just vanished is all. Hmm. A half-wit fly ain't got any more idea where he's going than a rabbit. Mm -hmm. Walked along the ceiling a while, flew over to the gas stove, flew over to the sink, strolled along on the floor, now he's back on the ceiling again. Mm -hmm. He's got no idea where he's going. Mm -hmm. Shucks. Hey, Gilko, I bought these two alarm clocks for a special reason. Yes, and you offered me money and asked me if my chair was comfortable for a reason, too. Mm. I suppose I might as well be frank. You say our old alarm clocks have vanished? Vanished. <laughs> uh-huh. Why do you say uh-huh in such a knowing way? I think I know what happened. What happened? You tried to fix our alarm clocks and busted them. Not so fast now. Let me explain first that Almost I... Almost got the lame brain that trip by, George. Uh. Flies are pretty smart customers getting out the way. Yeah. Didn't I hit the nail on the head? Didn't you get the monkey in with our alarm clocks and bust them? I guess there's no point in beating around the bush. Your surmise is substantially true. Want me to surmise some more? Please. Mom's told you to lay off our alarm clocks because you've already busted about 40 of them. Uh, uh. You're scared to tell her that two additional alarm clocks have been ruined. I may as well admit it. Well, where do I come in? I thought the two of us might get together here. Why, you son of a gun, you. He got away. Uh, how do you mean the two of us might get together? Well, as you point out, your mother's apt to be somewhat upset about the missing alarm clock. <laughs> upset? He'll pull her shoes up by the roots. I'm afraid so. Where are the alarm clocks, by the way? Out in the garbage box. No, George, here was my notion. I'm the gilly party. Exactly. No, this old coat in Union Grove, Illinois, used to swap flies every afternoon. Each. You have an alarm clock record that's absolutely spotless. You never broke an alarm clock in your life. I, on the other hand, have been most unfortunate. <laughs> what do you try to fix alarm clocks for? You always bust them. That is beside the point. No, but Chuck... How about it? Will you shoulder the blame? Well, I don't know. You wouldn't lose by your kindness? <laughs> I'd get a bribe, huh? Bribe isn't the happiest of words. Let us put it like this. Let us simply state that... Got him. Look, got him. Uh-huh. I figured I'd get him. We couldn't get away with it, Gov. Why not? I never interfere with alarm clocks, and you can't leave alarm clocks alone. Here's two of them busted. Mom won't be taken in with any such flimsy business as that. We must handle it clever. Mom's a clever customer her own self. Who's that, Rush? Mom. I say she's a clever customer. Aye. We'll cook up a plausible story. Okay. Does a plausible story suggest itself to you? Uh, little Charlie Husher was here this afternoon. He got to running around wild the way he does. He bumped uh, into the... That's too easily checked up on. Yes, I guess it is. Now, this might fill the bill. Oh. 
After school, you raced in the house like a tornado. You were in a hurry to get something out of your dresser. In your haste, you crashed against the dresser upon which were resting both of our alarm clocks. They fell to the floor and shattered into bits. You become frightened. You wondered what to do. I walked in at that moment, and you made a clean breast of the whole matter. I'm an understanding father. I realize it was an accident. I give you money, and you step to the drugstore and buy these fine new alarm clocks. Yeah. Sound all right? Mom will certainly give you some searching glances. May heaven give me strength to stand up on you. I guess maybe the story will hold water. Please, I'll go home directly. See, the alarm clocks got broke accidentally. Nobody busted them trying to fix them. Uh-huh. Submit your report to your mother, and I'll back you up. Okay. A little later on, I'll discuss financial matters with you. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad to help a fellow out. Nevertheless, you're entitled to some small token of appreciation. <laughs> No fool and mine would jump and holler if she thought you broke them two alarm clocks. There's not a doubt of it. Yeah, leave I'll stroll on home directly. Oh, don't hurry, Uncle Fletcher. No, stick around. Getting along towards supper time. <laughs> Come, how'd you happen to tackle them clocks in the first place? I noticed them on your dresser there, and I... <laughs> Got out your little hammer? Yes. <laughs> Why the heck do you try to fix alarm clocks with a hammer? I'm quite satisfied with the manner in which I fix a lime clock. Well, I need the screwdriver. I prefer my little hammer. Threw the junk in the garbage box, huh? Yes. And then walked to the drugstore and bought these? Yes. Nice ones, huh? Very nice. A nice alarm clocks, Uncle Fetcher? Beg pardon? Aren't these nice alarm clocks? Yes, they are. Streamlined alarm clocks. Fell in at the drugstore told me there's a balance wheel inside that's scientifically the last word. Yes, sir. The way it operates, the mechanism is set in some kind of a rubber composition, capable of withstanding shocks and also with... Well, heck, I'll show you. Rush, hand me my little hammer there on the stove. You'll appreciate this, Uncle Fletcher. You're a mechanical-minded chap. Fine. Rush, hand me my little hammer. The drugstore guy said these alarm clocks ought to last a lifetime with proper care. Fine. Rush, would you hand me my little hammer, please? No, girl. Huh? Don't bother them. Bother? The alarm clock. I want to demonstrate to Uncle Fletcher how they're put together. Yeah, but you know what happens. Kindly hand me my little hammer. Please, Gov. Fine. Fine. Rush. No, Gov. Rush. Oh, Gov. Hand me my little hammer. concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. And here we leave Vic and Sade until the and next you time. You know, the, the, the quality of that one, the, the sound. Thank you, Ted Davenport, for kicking loose really nice audio files. And I was lucky enough to be there to grab them. Uh, just an awesome thing. And that story Uncle Fletcher tells about the fly crawling along the walls. And another example of Vic 
and his strange fixation with repairing alarm clocks made that one. That That's an all-time classic, by the way. If you're not a normal Vic and Sade fan, that's one of the favorites that comes up when uh, aficionados of Vic and Sade get together and talk. The characters are all in their finest. Uh, Vic just fixated with destroying alarm clocks, repairing them with his little hammer and the fat men playing handball and did you notice the little plug for the ymca it's just all really neat stuff and um oh wait we're, we're we're over time yes but we're allowed unlike uh, other programs where to, although the half hour format dave in kentucky eddie with his comeback seems to this half hour thing well to, to, for certain things it's really good and well, so far so good we will catch you the next time. I'm just going to let you go here. Set the controls for the heart of the fun.